This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Yo, 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 we are back. This is week number four of Undercovered Ops. We're back on the Roto Underworld Radio Network, bringing you the results, bringing you the opportunities. Nobody's talking about all of these different situations that I'm about to take you through over the next half an hour. Denver, New York Giants, Pittsburgh Steelers, Seattle Seahawks. Very few people are talking about these guys because they don't matter. They're in these these weird offenses where you know the top guys getting the most targets. DK Metcalf. Nobody wants to talk about Will Disley. Nobody wants to talk about Freddie Swain. But guess who does? Your man, Cody Carpentier, your host at Carpentier NFL on Twitter, Patreon.com forward slash Carpentier NFL. Check it out. But today I'm going to recap last week. Last week's premise was feed me more. We wanted to see Quez Watkins get fed. We wanted to see Quez Watkins get more targets, get more opportunities. And what happened? He got two balls for 46 yards, Monday Night Football. That was the prime spot. He's going to get Anthony Brown. He's going to get Jordan Lewis. And they did it to us again. They gave Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager 14 targets. They caught eight of those 14 targets for 81 yards. Once again, after last week, giving them both 12 combined targets, and they caught five of them. It's just really disappointing when you see how explosive and how fast Quez Watkins is and what he does when the ball is in his hands. I wish he got more kick return opportunities because they kick it off a lot, but because they score a lot on Philadelphia. So it's like, oh, Quez is going to get a kick return here. But they always go through the back of the end zone. So it's very unfortunate that you're not allowed to see that explosiveness that you are maybe in a Demetric Felton uh, when you're watching Cleveland get you know seven punt returns the other day against the Bears. But Quez's time is coming. It's going to be a matter of time before Sirianni and Hertz give the opportunities to Quez. I'm going to quit beating the drum because you guys know where I'm at on Quez. If you have Quez, we're holding him. We we love Quez. Redraft, I'm a little out on him, but because I don't trust this offense. Dynasty, I have him. DFS, he's a plug-in whenever the opportunity shines. I think his price is probably going to drop back down to the the, the 3,000 area in these coming weeks. It's it's. Rather depressing on that front, but we're going to jump into Denver. We've touched on Denver a few times over the last few weeks, and that's because of the Jerry Judy injury. And this week, there's another injury, K.J. Hamler. K.J. Hamler goes down. Brutal injury. We love K.J. He gets a lot of the slot opportunities now with Judy out. He's deep threat. All this stuff. Tears his ACL. He's out for the season. Jerry Judy's out to at least week eight, week nine. And, you know, due to the law of the conservation of targets, Matt talks about this all the time. You have to like Noah Fant even more. Obviously, we know Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, those are the two dudes that are going to be on the outside in Denver. Cortland Sutton ran 23 routes, three in the slot, five targets. Patrick, 20 routes, two in the slot, five targets. Both caught all five of their targets. And then after that, 
KJ Hamler had 10 routes, six in the slot. He was injured. And the guy that came in to play in the slot was Deontay Spencer. He was in for seven routes. He ran six in the slot. He caught one of his targets, his only target. He caught it minus three yards. Deontay Spencer is literally Khalif Raymond. He's Khalif Raymond, but in Denver. And last week, Khalif Raymond played against Baltimore, who Denver's playing this week. And Khalif Raymond went for six for 68 on 10 targets against Baltimore. They're susceptible to the deep pass, and they're susceptible to getting beat by tight ends. In three weeks, Baltimore has played. Darren Waller, 10 for 105. Kelsey, 7 for 109. And then last week, I was watching this Detroit-Baltimore game, and they come out, their game plan is throw the ball to Darren Fells. I go, you saw what Kelsey and Waller did the first two weeks, and you're going to come out, and you're going to game plan to throw the ball to Darren Fells. They targeted him twice on the first drive of the game, Fells ends up with two for 35, Hawkinson two for 10. And then the deep ball, Baltimore being susceptible to deep ball, Zay Jones two for 46, Ruggs two for 46, Pringle two for 63, and Raymond six for 68 last week, obviously. They also gave up a lot in the passing game to the running backs last week, Swift for seven for 60. So I, I see Anthony Averett and uh, Marlon Humphreys kind of taking Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and and locking those guys, not locking them up because they're still going to get targeted. They're still going to get the opportunities. The The pass attempts against Baltimore the last three weeks, 30 for Goff, 31 for Mahomes, 56 for Carr. You can look for Bridgewater to throw the ball 35 times in this game. This is going to be the first real test that Denver has. I don't think Denver's a real team, right? I, th- I think they're a year early, just like I think Carolina is. I think they're both from an all-around standpoint, I don't think they're quite there. I think pushing Javante over there over Melvin would help. I think this offensive line just needs to come together a little bit more, but they're still going to be a solid team. They're still going to be strong. They're still a 10-win team, but I just don't think they're going to be able to make a push in the AFC with Buffalo, Kansas City, the Chargers, and, and Baltimore especially. This week we might get Bateman back. That'll be exciting for Baltimore. We're going to get to see that against Denver. Um, but, yeah, other than Deontay Spencer, who is at the stone this week, $3,000 on DraftKings, um, if if you're really in on Spencer taking this KJ Hamler role, he's free. He's literally the stone. He runs a four three. He's fast. He's gonna get the slot work. And if it's not him, it's Noah Fant. Like I said, Kelsey and Waller eight. Does Denver come in with a better game plan than what Detroit did? If they come in with a tight end game plan, they go, all right, we're gonna target Fant. Fant's gonna end up with ten targets in this game. He's gonna dominate because we saw Judy go down. Uh, Fant kept getting the slot routes. He didn't have. He only had two slot routes in week three. Kind of, ah, I really wanted to see more out of that, right? He has 16 total routes this week, two in the slot, three targets, catches two for 15. I like it. I love Fant, but I just uh, I want to see them feature him a lot more in this offense. Just pay attention to Deontay Spencer this weekend. If you don't play him in DFS, I wouldn't fault you, but just pay attention to him. He profiles like Khalif Raymond, and if he's the only deep threat in this offense, it's Patrick Sutton. And then Spencer, um, Spencer's going to be a guy. He's he's 25 years old and he runs a 4-3. He's a fast guy. He can be something in this offense that is really, it's ugly in fantasy, but for DFS, it's a plug-in. Go to New York, another place of injuries. The injuries have been just stacking up all over the NFL right now. Just like Denver, the Giants are out a couple receivers right now. Today's practice report, Shepard did not practice with the hamstring. Slayton did not practice with the hamstring. And Galladay was back on the injury report with a hip. He was limited today. They're playing New Orleans. And if Galladay plays, he's going to get Marshawn Lattimore. And Lattimore is going to lock Kenny Galladay up like he did some bad things. And um, Kenny Galladay is not good anymore. He's he's the wide receiver version of 
Matt Ryan, where he's not old enough to be like, why is he dust? He's just hit that mark where he's got, he's injured. He's never fully going to get back to where he was when he was in Detroit in the first couple of years when he came out. And uh, he's just going to kind of be a guy there. But the, the thing of note in New York is a guy that we have not been a big fan of at player profile or coming through the draft process. And that was because what he did in college, he did nothing until his senior year at Florida. He had 900 receiving yards, 21.6 breakout age. Yuck. But he ran a 4.38 at his pro day. He's best comparable to Bruce Ellington on playerprofiler.com. That is Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony led the New York Giants in routes run on Sunday. I'm going to let that one sink in. Kadarius Tony led the New York Giants in routes ran on Sunday. He had 28. 18 were in the slot. He had three targets, two receptions for 16 yards. Kadarius Tony, that is the go-to receiver right now, question mark, in New York. Evan Ingram had 26 routes, 17 also in the slot. They really split the slot work. He had six targets, two receptions, two for 21. I already said Galladay. Galladay is sitting right there, 23 routes, one in the slot, five targets, four for 64. His uh, his biggest play was like a 25 or 28-yard gain. They made a nice little play, broke a tackle, whatever, whatever. Um, then two more guys kind of down the list is Colin Johnson and C.J. Board. Talked about Colin Johnson a few times in a few different shows, but um, Colin Johnson looks better than Kenny Galladay, and he profiles – like Kenny Galladay. He had seven targets this weekend, five for 51. If you're in those deep leagues, um, you know, some of the Podfathers leagues where you're starting five receivers minimum up to six and seven, Colin Johnson's a guy where you can pay attention to these injuries because if Shepard's out for any time at all, Slayton's out for any time at all, and Galladay just sits here with these limiteds, um, Colin Johnson at 3,200 on DraftKings, Colin Johnson in Dynasty period is a guy that I'm liking, I'd like to play because Colin Johnson looks better than Kenny Galladay does on the field point blank period forcing CJ board out there. Both of these guys didn't run the slot, but they ran 16 and 15 routes combined. And then, like I said, Shepard was out after running 12 routes, six in the slot and Slayton was out after running three routes. And then I talked about this a little bit on Twitter, but Saquon Barkley, he is 100% back. He's healthy there. He made multiple plays, cuts, jumps. He bursted four yards over the offensive line into the end zone for a touchdown at the goal line. He made a couple of nice spin moves. He he, he made some nice cuts. He looks like he's completely back. 25 routes, seven targets, uh, 16 rush attempts. He's playing New Orleans this week, so it's going to be tough to really get anything going against this tough front seven. But down the stretch, Saquon Barkley getting targets, is is that's what we're here for. We want those targets. Six for 43 in the air. I love that for Saquon Barkley. But let's go to Carolina. Carolina played on Thursday Night Football last week. And everybody knows about Chuba Hubbard. I'm not going to kind of bore you with Chuba Hubbard news. You already know my opinion on that. If you've been following on Twitter at Carpenter NFL or Patreon, forward slash Carpenter NFL. Chuba Hubbard, I think, is in the best situation possible. That's why I didn't like Elijah Mitchell. Because Chuba Hubbard, you're waiting for those opportunities. You're waiting for a Carolina, a Minnesota, or a Pittsburgh where you know they're going to get a 70 80% opportunity share, blah, blah, blah. But what you want to know is wide receiver and tight end. They just traded Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold ran 11 routes, five in the slot. He had four targets on Thursday. They traded him. Christian McCaffrey, injured. He ran four routes. He's gone. Chuba Hubbard comes in. He runs seven routes, three in the slot, five targets. You got to love that. But dig a little bit deeper. Who's the guy that's going to play? And who's the guy that's going to make the plays in Carolina? opposite of DJ Moore, because we know if we know it's not Robbie Anderson, we know Robbie Anderson is good for maybe what one reception a game. Is that, is that what he's on track for now? He's, he's probably going to end up with the season with like 17 receptions and 
600 yards, like 50 yards per reception, 50 yards per reception. Is that, is that kind of what we're counting on now? It's either 50 yards or eight yards. And he gets one reception a game puke. He's not the number two option in this offense anymore. It's Terrace Marshall, Terrace Marshall, 24 routes, seven less than Robbie, nine less than DJ Moore, 15 in the slot. He's man in the slot, five targets, four receptions for 48 yards. I love that because DJ Moore's pulling all the big coverage this week. DJ Moore is going to get Trevon Diggs. And what does that mean for Terrace Marshall? He's going to get Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown. He's out playing Robbie Anderson. You throw Robbie Anderson out there. He's probably not a great matchup for Anthony Brown. So putting Terrace in the slot a lot more this week is going to be big. DJ Moore gets Trevon Diggs. This is the top prototypical X in the NFL draft. He's literally owned in 15% of leagues on ESPN right now. Terrace Marshall is going to score a touchdown this week. I... It's not, a, it's not a coincidence I had him comparable to Des Bryant uh, coming in, being the only prototypical X in this whole draft class, and now he's going to go play Dallas. He's going to score a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised if he throws the X up in Dallas. But at tight end, Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble are what's left. Dan Arnold's gone. Dan Arnold was really manning the opportunities. 11 routes, five slot, four targets. Tommy Tremble, five routes, one target, one rush, which was a rushing touchdown. And the key there is, He's looking more and more like the Janu Smith. And Ian Thomas, you know, they keep pushing him out to get 27 snaps, only ran one route, just a run-blocking machine. But from a passing standpoint and a making plays, it's Tommy Tremble. Tommy Tremble's your guy. He's already up to tight end 37, which is only 11 slots behind Janu Smith. Tells you how disappointing Janu has been this year. Um, but being comparable to Janu Smith, both are 6'3", 245. I like him. I like him. 4.65 at his pro day. Best comparable to Tyler Croft on playerprofiler.com. He played a lot of H back at Notre Dame, which is why he didn't have a lot of actual tight end usage, a lot of receptions in college. But I think Tommy Tremble is the guy that they're forcing into this role in Carolina. And that's a guy in redraft. It's going to be tough for me to really press the button on him, but I'm in deeper, deeper leagues where I've said this before. If you get 12, 15 bench spots, Josh Gordon becomes rosterable. If you have 12, 15 spots where it's like, all right, I'm just going to throw these guys on there because four, five, six weeks down the road, something could happen. Yes, I did say Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon in Kansas City, there's rumors he's going to be playing in the next couple of weeks, which is ridiculous. They say he's in good shape. Throw him on your roster. If you have 12, 15, 20 roster spots, these deep, deep leagues that I'm in, Tommy Tremble, the same goes for him. I don't love him, but if you're stashing a deeper tight end that could boom in, in coming weeks, that's your guy. Got to give a shout out to Underdog, underdogfantasy.com. Use a promo code Underworld. They give you $10 at deposit. I plugged my $10 in. Jamar Chase over 68.5. LaVisca Chenault over 42.5. Joe Mixon over 104.5 total yards. And Trevor Lawrence over 15.5 rushing yards for Thursday Night Football. I love Jamar Chase against Tyson Campbell on Thursday Night Football. Chenault has hit this number in two out of three games. Joe Mixon should have 100 rushing yards in this game. The total is at 104.5. And then Trevor Lawrence, he's had 20-plus rushing yards in two out of three games, and they had the number at 14.5. Slam the button. They're just giving out free monies. Use the code UNDERWORLD to get $10 when you deposit. Go to Cleveland. We've talked about Cleveland a few times over the last couple of weeks, and it's been heavily on Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, week one, he had five targets. One was an errant throw week two, a bad route, and those were his two targets the last two weeks. Both of those games were very run heavy. They had 42 attempts this week against Chicago, 34 against Houston, both winnable, easy winnable games for Cleveland. And then that shootout in week one, they only rushed the ball 26 times. Expect Mayfield to push the ball a little bit more in week number four against the Minnesota Vikings. They have a slow back end. It's Patrick Peterson. It's Bashad Breeland. They have a tough, tough time stopping the opponents downfield. I expect Zimmer to key in on his former offensive coordinator, Stefanski's run game play action. What you're asking is, so Cody, is, is that going to benefit Anthony Schwartz? Not entirely. Uh, Schwartz and Donovan Peoples-Jones seem to be like that plug-in for Odell Beckham when he's out. 
Demetric Felton, Rashard Higgins are that for Jarvis Landry. We talked about this back in June on the Breakout Finder podcast with Matt. We wanted Felton in Jarvis Landry's back pocket for this whole season, this whole first season. And then boom, year number two, year number three, that's when Felton was going to kind of burst onto the scenes. Instead, it took one month. Landry's out and Felton is already in there. He had a hundred plus return yards. Ridiculous. From this game, Demetric Felton ran six routes. He had three in the slot, three targets, two receptions, 13 yards. The route leaders, Odell Beckham, 29. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 25. Rashard Higgins, 22. 18 in the slot. Higgins is manning the slot completely. And then tight end in Joku, 19 routes. Hooper, 14. And Harrison Bryant, 7. That has not changed. And Joku is not getting any targets, but he's the top route leader on this tight end core. Austin Hooper, 3 targets. And then Harrison Bryant with 2. It's it's ugly, right? The last few weeks playing against Minnesota, Boyd Mixon combined for 7 targets, 55 yards. Rondell and Chase Edmonds, 12 for 140. Everett and Homer, 8 for 102. That's kind of the situation, the spot I see. If, if, if you're looking for someone to play in this game outside of Odell Beckham, David and Joku, and it's Demetric Felton. And I really, I really would be tempted to sprinkle and Anthony Schwartz in DFS, strictly because of that downfield threat. I don't think Bashad Breeland and Patrick Peterson have any juice at all when it comes to catching up to guys downfield because Peterson is so good in general, but he just doesn't have the wheels anymore. In week one, Felton had zero snaps on offense. Week two, he had three snaps, three total snaps in week number two, two targets, two receptions, 51 yards and a touchdown. Week number three, he went up to 11 snaps, three targets, two for 13, and he had seven punt returns for 104 yards. It's going to be tough for you to play Felton anywhere. They got three big games coming up, Minnesota, Chargers, Arizona. I think Schwartz and Felton are going to play pivotal roles in these games, but I don't think they're going to be very fantasy relevant. They're very volatile players, but I do own them in certain spots and 100% going to be looking to flip Schwartz if the door opens and he has a 100-yard game in one of these couple. Felton's one I'd like to hold on to a little bit longer. He's fitting into that Landry role, I think, perfect, like a Curtis Samuel, Cordero Patterson. That's who we lined up with in the breakout finder back in April. Just completely dynamic, one of the best in the league. The bottom line is this offense, it runs through the run game, the tight ends, just like it did with Stefanski in Minnesota. Outside of Odell Beckham, which is $5,800 on DraftKings. Outside of him, there's not a lot that I can trust in this offense. Even down to Chubb and, and Hunt, they're splitting carries, they're splitting opportunities, kind of ridiculous. But this is going to be one of the last times you're going to get to use Odell Beckham at $5,800 on DraftKings. He's literally priced below Michael Thomas, which makes negative sense. And then Allen Robinson, he's below him, who's had no output this whole season. Odell Beckham's going to be at 7000 in a couple weeks. Just like Odell, Baker Mayfield, Anthony Schwartz, you need a little caffeine. I need a little caffeine every single day. Go to PRBreaker.com, PRBreaker.com, get some materia. we got some new flavors coming out, Blue Raz, Sour Apple, Cotton Candy, uh, Fruit Punch, they're doing free shipping right now on all orders over $60. They even got orange sherbet. You like orange sherbet flavor? You're going to mix that in with your ice cream, get a little caffeine going on there. Use the promo code Cody10 at checkout. Take a picture, take a screenshot of your order. Tag me on Twitter. Let me know at Carpentier NFL. The giveaway ends on October 1st. The giveaway is a free container of cotton candy. Let's go through the run through right quick. Break down a couple of these teams really, really fast. Seattle, Gerald Everett today got placed on the COVID watch list. I don't know, really. We saw that last week with Antonio Brown where he had a close contact. Uh, we'll see what happens. Gerald Everett read 25 routes last week, 15 in the slot, second most on the team behind Freddie Swain, who ran 16. That's very big news, especially with the Tyler Lockett injury. Tyler Lockett went down with a scary knee injury late in the game against Minnesota last weekend. So Freddie Swain is viable in the flex spot in leagues where you start five receivers like I talked about. In the Podfathers Patreon leagues, you start five receivers. Freddie Swain's viable in that situation. 28 routes, one less than Metcalf, two less than Lockett, 16 slot routes, two targets, one reception, 10 yards. He's going to see more opportunities. 
That's just the way it is. Lockett, 30 routes. Metcalf, 29. Gerald Everett, though, like I said, 25 routes, 15 slot. Him being out, who does that benefit most? And benefits the tight end version of Robbie Anderson, Will Disley. I love me some Will Disley. I played him last week because Minnesota is vulnerable against tight ends. He has one reception on one target for 39 yards. Why not go back to baby Gronk? I love that. Yes, I did call him baby Gronk. He's a savage. He's come back from multiple injuries. I love Will Disley. Seven routes, one in the slot, one target. Boost Disley up if ever it's out. Disley's going to be a must start in DraftKings. He's a streamer in all fantasy formats. Playing against San Francisco this week. I love that. New York Jets. This is a, a ugly, ugly situation here. Braxton Berrios is the leading dude in this entire offense. It's kind of weird. Corey Davis is out there, 37 routes, five slot, nine targets, five receptions for 41 yards. Berrios is a down week, uh, but that's because he played against Bryce Callahan. Bryce Callahan's a dog in Denver playing in the slot. This is going to be a revenge week for Corey Davis, 100 air yards week one and three. He gets Christian Fulton, Jackrabbit Jenkins against Tennessee, his old team. You know he wants to go in there and dominate, so look for Corey Davis to get targeted heavily. And then outside of that, it's going to be Braxton Berrios. Elijah Moore, concussion, did not practice today. Jeff Smith, concussion, did not practice today. Jameis Crowder still coming back from a groin injury, limited practice today. Is Denzel Mims going to – is he going to be active this week? Like, what are we going to see out of Denzel Mims? He's ran two routes week one, one target, one reception, 40 yard. Give us more. Give us more. I think if Smith, Crowder, and Moore are all out this week, we're going to see Mims. What the hell is he going to do? I don't know. If he, if he plays, I'm definitely throwing him in one lineup. That's it, though. I'm throwing him in one lineup in DraftKings. That's it. Just because of opportunity and opportunity's king. Speaking of opportunity being king, let's check back in with my boy Michael Carter against Ty Johnson. Neither of these guys did much this week. It's Denver. They play Denver. Strong, strong defense. That's kind of the catalyst of that whole team. But from an opportunity standpoint, which is why opportunity is and always has been king, you remember week one, 27% opportunity for Michael Carter. Week two, 45%. Week three, 60%. What are we talking here? 18% jump from week one to week two. 15% we jump from week two to week three. Carter's that dude. Carter had nine carries to Ty Johnson's three. And then this week, Ty Johnson had five targets. Carter's three. But guess what? He had five targets. He only caught one freaking ball. Michael Carter caught both. That was my prop of the week last week. was over one and a half receptions for Michael Carter. And we hammered it and we won. Check that out. Prop of the week comes out on patreon.com forward slash Carpentier NFL. Yeah, Carter and Ty Johnson are going to get used a lot more in this offense, especially with more Smith Crowder out. Tight ends really aren't getting used much at all. Croft, 16 routes, four slot, only two targets for 12 yards. Not there on that. Another one to look for is Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole, 14 routes, two slot, two targets, two for 30 yards. If more Smith and Crowder are all out, he's probably going to be the guy that gets the bump and joins Corey Davis and Braxton Berrios. But all around this this team, these opportunities are are very ugly. Um, the goal, I guess, for Michael Carter is to get him into that 7-8 target area on a bad team. That's kind of what we want. We haven't got there yet, so we're still trudging. We're still, we're still looking for that. Tampa Bay, the biggest thing I'm taking away from this whole thing, A.B. didn't play. Scotty Miller goes down. He's out. He's on IR now. He ran 28 routes, nine in the slot, three targets. The biggest takeaway from Tampa Bay is Tyler freaking Johnson. You watch this one live, and, and I think there was a, a drive where – Four or five plays in the drive, three of the targets went to Tyler Johnson. Johnson ends up with 25 routes, half of what Mike Evans ran, seven in the slot, six targets, one target behind Godwin, four behind Evans, three receptions for 63 yards. 
Brady loves Tyler Johnson, point blank, period. Tyler Johnson, if Scotty Miller's on IR, AB's coming back. We know AB's going to fit right back into where he was. Tyler Johnson's that next guy up. Now with Scotty Miller on IR, that's that's the bottom line. Tyler Johnson's going to get more and more opportunities. Jalen Darden only ran two routes, one target, one reception, nothing. That's the move right there. And then OJ Howard, we want to see him come back from injury, but he's ran three routes. He's not really doing much there. Tyler Johnson, if you can get him... For free, I'm still stashing him in a couple of leagues right now in Dynasty, especially. But in redraft, I'm not really obviously you're not draft, you're not adding Tyler Johnson in redraft. That's more of a dynasty thing. You want to trade for him, you want to go get him for your your owners that are asleep. But if something happens to Godwin or Evans or A B again, Tyler Johnson's viable. He's a streaming option in those situations, especially. I was finishing out. If you're looking for one tight end to stream, to trade for, to add before week four. Let's go to Pittsburgh. I just got done watching this game. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. I watched the game, checked out the game logs. I broke down this whole sheet that's in front of me with the routes and all the opportunity share and everything in Pittsburgh. And there's one guy that just keeps sticking out. I watched the TV. I rewatched the game. And you hear the crowd. You hear the crowd. Every time he catches the ball. Every time he touches the ball. No, I'm not talking about Eric Ebron. I'm talking about Pat Frymouth. Tight end number 18. In the NFL right now, 10 targets, eight receptions, 82 yards. Pat Frymouth continues to take advantage of opportunities. He's got 82 receiving yards. That's more than Blake Jarwin, Gerald Everett, Will Disley, OJ Howard, Tommy Tramble, 13 yards behind Jack Doyle, James O'Shaughnessy. He's right in that area that you want to see him in. Pat Frymouth is getting half the routes that Eric Ebron is running right now. But he's been just completely outplaying Eric Ebron. Ebron has been a terrible pass blocker, terrible run blocker, can't catch the ball, and he's just all around not playing good. Then you stack that on top of Juju Smith-Schuster, who has a rib injury on Sunday. He's not practicing right now. Deontay Johnson, who's limited. When Deontay Johnson is at least limited, I'm not playing Deontay Johnson because we know Deontay Johnson is injured at all. Going into a game, he ain't finishing that game. And that's a proven stat. I don't know where the hell, who tracks it, but what it is. But Deontay Johnson does not finish games when he comes in injured. He is the biggest pain in the ass at receiver to ever play. Obviously, last week we saw Najee Harris, 19 targets. I want to say that was like the second most since like 1992 uh, behind like a Camara game last year or something like that. Najee Harris, though, 48 routes. Chase Claypool, 53. Claypool is the dude that's left. 14 targets, 9 receptions, 96 yards. He had all the opportunities in the world to just dominate, and he really didn't. 9 for 96. James Washington comes in. He has five targets on 45 routes. Ray Ray McLeod, four on 37 routes. Neither of these guys are exciting at all. Three for 33 for McLeod, three for 20 for Washington. I'm out on that. Ben just doesn't have it to get it downfield other than he just launches these prayer balls up to Chase Claypool when he can get opportunities and then dumps it up to Najee Harris. With that, Pat Fryermuth, 15 routes, five targets, three receptions for 22 yards. One of them was a touchdown the last three weeks against Green Bay. George Kittle, 7 for 92. TJ Hawkinson, 8 for 66. Juwan Johnson and Adam Troutman, 6 for 39 and two touchdowns. Green Bay is susceptible to tight ends and to running backs. What does that tell you? Chase Claypool and James Washington are going to be matched up on Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes. Stokes is becoming one of the best number two cornerbacks in the NFL. We already know what Jair is. Jair is going to lock up Claypool because Claypool just isn't good. Ben's not going to have time to get the ball downfield to him. Eric Ebron currently has seven targets on the season, one reception for 19 yards. Fryermuth has 10 targets, eight receptions. Fryermuth has been eating. Look for Pat Fryermuth to be your streamer of the week and to score a touchdown against Green Bay this week simply because Ben can't get the ball downfield and Pat Fryermuth is the guy.
Best comparable to Hunter Henry on playerprofiler.com. 6'5", 251 with a breakout age of 19.9. Go get Pat Fryermuth. Thank me later. And let's have a damn week. Let's have a damn week.